podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Hills podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. And my husband's walking in, so he must need something. Shocker. Did you give him vitamins? I gave them vitamins this morning. Yes, I have not fed them, though. He he needed to check on the status of the dog's vitamins, which I am a great dog mom and gave them their vitamins today. Did I feed them dinner? No, but I fed them breakfast. Hey, my dog doesn't get, no, dog and cat. My animals do not get fed until like nine o'clock. So I'm not judging. If we don't feed our dogs morning and night, they start being really um, possessive of their food and they try to steal everyone else's food. They're very, um, they become very resource guarding type dogs in that case. So I'm like, fine, I will feed you in the morning and night, you assholes. So that's just what we do. We still feed him or them in the morning and the cat, we don't because we just give her enough food to last because cat. Yeah. Buck, he still eats. We went to Walmart to get dog food today and get some groceries. We didn't get dog food. Oh, whoops. And that that just occurred to me, which is why I stopped mid-sentence. My bad. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> um, but Buck still eats twice a day. But just not until like right before we go to sleep. Because if we feed if, right before we go to sleep, then he can. He generally doesn't have a problem holding it until morning. Okay. I'm gonna Otherwise, he's like leaning on me to wake me up and let him out. We don't have that issue. <laughs> Even he with does. the little dog, she's granted Maisie. I don't know. Maisie eats really weird. What she does is she likes to tax the big dogs. So she'll eat out of their bowls and then maybe take a bite of her, her bowl and then go eat out of their bowls. So she taxes them. Um, Typical little sister behavior. Uh-huh. And then that's if she eats. If she chooses not to eat, she'll eat throughout the night. Because I tend to forget to pick up the bowls. <laughs> so she'll just eat whatever's left over throughout so the night. So she's also very cat-like. She's yeah. a grazer. Yeah, she just grazes as she feels like it. Um, but yeah, that's the dogs. How are you? Not bad, I think. Um, I've got some salsa and... I've got a I've got a wild mix here. Okay. I've got some chips and some salsa. I've got some eggnog and I've got some um cranberry sprite, which I'm always super excited for. Some Holly Jolly Sprite. Mm-hmm. I love the cranberry sprite. It's like my freaking I don't know. Favorite. I don't know if I've ever had the cranberry sprite. I'm not a sprite fan, but I love the cranberry. Uh, I had to cut out caffeine, so Sprite was better than root beer for me. Root beer is just a little bit much. I freaking love a good bark, so that's my favorite. That's my go-to Sonic drink is um, root beer with cherry flavor. Wow, bon appetit. Okay. I mean, I guess I can't judge because when I go to Swig or So Delicious or Fizz, it's normally Dr. Pepper with some weird bullshit in it. We've done Dr. Pepper with horchata. That's actually pretty good, surprisingly. I could maybe see that. Because Dr. Pepper has a lot of, like, spices and caramel. Um, I Okay, let me just say, if the horchata is not good, it's not good. But Okay, well, I mean... 
Is it horchata or horchata? Because I've always said horchata. I'm pretty sure it's horchata, but I don't know. I mean, from what I've heard, I've never had a bad horchata. But from what I've heard, if the horchata is not good, it's just trash. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. That is an exciting assortment. Your holly jolly Sprite and I don't even know what else. Chips and salsa? Yep. Chips and salsa and eggnog. Oh, I didn't hear the eggnog. That part's just gross. I freaking love eggnog. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, gross, gross, gross. You I know what? It. So our timeline right now for our listeners, we're right before Thanksgiving. It's the Sunday. Not Thanksgiving. Whoa, I'm sorry. Halloween. Uh, Amanda was nodding in agreement, so she was mm-hmm. going with it. No, no, no. It's <laughs> in our timeline right now. As of today, it is Sunday before Halloween. And I was thinking about it. And I'm really upset that you have a missed opportunity. For a Halloween costume. You could have totally oh. done. Stingy Jack. And made your stom- stomach the turnip. <gasps> Why didn't you bring that up sooner? Because I only thought about it. When I was editing the episode the other day. That was a great idea. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But I'm I'm just telling you. Missed opportunity. Oh I am like severely slacking because I have two costumes that I have to get together one for work and one for like Halloween uh and I've done neither why do you need two uh because we just decided like Thursday what we were gonna do for work Halloween um which is like really late so I don't even know how we're going to be cowboys, um, like spaghetti westerns. So I don't even know how I'm going to pull this thing together because I have flannel shirt. Like I'm, I'm wearing one now, um, but I have other flannel shirts, like your typical red flannel and stuff. But none of them fit. So sounds like you're just going to wear a shirt underneath and button the top. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. I thought you were just doing the magic eight ball. That is for my own personal pleasure. I think you should have just done that for work and your own personal pleasure. Well, at work, we have a competition and they judge on cohesiveness. Because we talked about doing cowboys and then telling one girl who would take it really well that we were dressing up as, what did we say? Something completely different. Pirates. That's what it was. We were going to tell the one woman that we were dressing as pirates and let her show up and be like, y'all, what the hell? But we were like, eh. It doesn't sound as much fun anymore. Yeah. If we want to be, if we want to win this, I think it's like a lunch or something. They give us a paid lunch. And anytime I get food that I don't have to pay for, hey, it's I'll a dress win. up. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So is it based off of branch then? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. My work is doing something. I think they're doing a chili cook-off. I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) For Halloween, they're doing a chili cook-off? Like, in the office, yeah. I think it's because it's easy to do crock-pot chili. Because everything has to be in a Mm crock-pot. I thought about entering and doing green chili. But that's very different than chili. It is. So I could see it would either put you behind the rest or ahead of the rest yeah because it would really set you apart but then i also was like then i'd have to go in and socialize 
Oh, okay. Yeah, good point. No, thank you. Can you just mail it? Can you DoorDash your own food to work? Not sending them my crock pot, no. Oh, okay. Yep, that's another good point. Yeah, so. Um, the other thing is I was like, I don't really want to dress up. I just don't want to dress up and figure that out this year. So we're we're not. And so we're just going to stay home and <laughs> dress up as a work-from-home employee. <laughs> <laughs> It's the easiest costume I've ever done. <laughs> but you could literally put on a pair of ears and just be done. Even if you wanted to dress up, just some sort of headband. No, my camera only broken anyway. Up anyway. Oh, I don't have a camera for them. I refuse to use my personal one. I bought bought that with my own money. If they no. want me to have a camera, they can provide either a working computer or a working camera. So. Yeah, that sounds fair to me. No. That's it's not that, like they're going to reimburse you if something happens to yours. So, and I, I don't want to get under this desk to go move it to that desk and then back and forth. Like, oh no. god, no! Mm-mm. That sounds like the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, we're not going to do that. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anything else you're looking forward to? Um. Oh, Halloween. Um, the actual Halloween, the actual Tuesday. So. We will be taking, because where we live, they don't really do house-to-house trick-or-treating. They do, like, trunk-or-treating? Exactly, yeah. And the little, the town will get together and throw, like, a, almost like a Halloween festival is what James explained. Like, that's what it sounded like when he explained it to me. So the businesses will do trick-or-treating and stuff, and they'll have, like, um. Candy and Stuff yeah, they'll out, have handy, handies. Oh my god, no, they won't. Hold on. No. Undo, no. undo. This is child no. friendly. Back we're up, talking about. Back up. They yeah. will have candy bowls and yes. treats. They will give out for candy the children and treats, and they will have like tents set up to where you can buy hot dogs and drinks and stuff. It sounds like a cute little festival. I've never been to it, so our plan is to take Annie to our in-laws and let her do like an actual door-to-door trick-or-treat. And then they either just ride with us or meet us downtown for the little festival. Okay. So we're we're looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. We yeah, have, um, I know we do trunk or treating here. I don't know. I'm pretty sure on the main street, they normally have a bunch with the businesses like that. But we have enough in our neighborhood that still go door to door. Or we did the last few years, though so it has seemed to dwindle. Um, we've had enough that we just set out a bowl and we're good to go. We don't open the doors though. Do not ring my doormat bell. I will lose my shit. You're totally muted. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, <laughs> my bad. Also, I just started recording cause I'm really good at this. Um, well, the good news is that I started recording. So the audio <laughs> won't be fucked up guys. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what started this whole thing is I asked James, when we were in Walmart tonight, I was like, do we need to get Halloween candy? Like, there's there's a bunch of kids in the neighborhood nowadays. Like, I don't know where the hell they come from because they're all older kids. But, like, are they going to, are they going to come trick-or-treating? Do we, should we get candy? And he's like, no, they don't, people don't trick-or-treat here. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And that's when he told me about the little, the the little festival. I'm trying not to say the actual name. Uh, Because then you could just Google it and be like, oh, there she is. But yeah, the little trunk or treating. Yeah, they they do that. And 
I'm like, okay, so we don't have to worry about people ringing the doorbell. And he's like, no. And even if they do, I'm just going to ignore it like I always do. So, And even at that, you just turn off your light. Like that is that is universal symbol on Halloween that I am not giving out candy. My light is off. Oh, that's universal for me 24-7. Our porch light does not go on. I don't even think the light bulb works. I know the one in the carport doesn't because it flashes like there's a rave going on. Which now that I think about it, honestly, I could probably turn that on for Halloween and it would just work because it just randomly flashes and turns on and off. You just need some music. Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll set up a a speaker by the window over here and turn the thing on and set out the... I did do jack-o'-lanterns. I carved those up. That seems like way too much work. I did not do that. Oh, girl, I use stencils. Stencils are great. I'm actually super proud of them. Even with stencils, I think it's just a bit too much. It was pretty fun. I haven't done it in a long time. I've done it with Mill. Okay, this is the first year that I've taken her to the pumpkin patch and she has not demanded a pumpkin. So I didn't even, I didn't say anything about it. I just let her go play with her little friend and I let her, um, I let her, whatever, run around in the... Mm -hmm. All the game stuff and blah, blah, blah. Just be a kid. Yeah. Those are totally bluey. The, uh, yes, exactly. I don't one's have bluey kids. and one's bingo. I don't have kids, but I knew what those were. I Annie had absolutely no say in this. I did it because I, <laughs> I love bluey. Bluey is great. Uh, so, yeah, I did a bluey and a bingo. And after I was done, I put a candle in them and turn the light off and she lost her mind. She loved it. So I was like, okay, I'm glad you approve because these were mine, but now you can have them too. Yeah. Now you can enjoy them. Yes. So it's just, it's too much work. I don't want a car. I don't want to deal with the guts and the cleanup. I just done. I'm, I'm done. I probably wouldn't have done it had it not been for the child and Buck ate some of the pumpkin. He enjoyed it. So he helped like, with clean up. Yeah. It was it was treats all around. So fine. No big deal. Oh, okay. When you carve your pumpkins, do you cut out the top or cut out the bottom? I cut the top. Okay, see, me and James had the biggest argument because I cut the bottom because the pumpkins last longer. And he thought I He looked at me like I had 12 heads and four arms. And I'm like, what are you talking about? If you cut out the bottom, like the moisture doesn't settle. So the pumpkin lasts longer. And he's like, literally nobody cuts out the bottom. And apparently he's right. Because you also cut the top out. Okay. um, I just, I assume that that's because like media, you know, like movies and stuff, you always see the top cut off. So I just did it that way. I have no other knowledge of pumpkin dicing and slicing other than the few years I've done it with Mill. And even at that, some of the years that I did it with Mill, I gave her paint. I said, we are not cutting this up. You paint it. You see, I almost did that with Annie, but that still feels like a mess. So I just carved them after she went to sleep. I'm not judging. That's not true. One of them I did carve with her there. And I let her scoop the guts and she slung the spoon everywhere. And it was, ugh. it was a disaster. Yeah, it was pretty bad because it was also raining. It's rained for like four days straight. So we had to do it in the kitchen. Yeah, it was raining. It rained quite a bit here, too. Getting cold. Oh, I love it. I hate it. I'm like, where's where's the summer heat? 
No, it gets down to like 38 tonight and I am here for it. I'm not. I'm done. I'm I'm already like, it's cold. I've got my jacket on. I've got a blanket. I've got my slippers on. I'm wearing pants. Like I'm done with this heat or or with the cold already. (laughs) Bring me the heat. (laughs) But. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I don't know that I have any updates. I think what's been going on. Oh, you know what, Cody? And I hope you're not offended because I know you already called dibs on this. Uh, you're doing the Anna Delvey story, but I have started watching the Anna Delvey limited series on Netflix. Isn't it good, though? We're only on the second episode, but it's so good. And I know it's there's so a lot good. that is made up in that one. Like Netflix was very upfront about that. Yeah. But it's still so good. It's really good. That one's also like extremely biased. Um, but. It's still really good. I still recommend it. Yeah. So we're watching that. And then I think that's really been our highlight. I still need to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, since I promised I would do that before Halloween. Yeah, you got three days. <laughs> I got three days. Okay. I well, actually, no, not days. even because it's almost eight o'clock at night for me. For you. For you. I don't know what you're complaining about. I am a grown-ass adult. I can stay up as late as I want. And, even better for me, I can get up whenever the hell I want because guess what? I work from home. So Why as long do you as have I'm... to say mean things? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying truthful things. Thank you. It doesn't mean they're not mean. You don't have to Just... say them so happily. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to be upset that I work from home? I just want you to be a little more thoughtful of those of us that do not work from home okay well if this makes you feel better tuesdays i have to be prepared for a meeting at 6 30 a.m every tuesday that's gross why uh, i have a customer in switzerland so that's just kind of the time that worked that i was willing to compromise on <sighs> okay yeah that sucks so look working from home has all of its perks except for because of my position i did have to uh I did have to make that one sacrifice. But you don't have to be dressed. No, because I don't do cameras. Mm-hmm. They don't need to know if I'm still in my jammies. <laughs> as long as I sound coherent, which normally takes me about an hour, so I'm normally awake by 5.30. As long as I sound coherent, they're fine. We're fine. No big deal. That's, that's disgusting. I don't like it. I just do what I got to do. But I also have even better news is you don't have to hear me complain about my gritty water today because I already drink it. <gasps> oh, okay. Would you like some eggnog? Disgusting. No. <laughs> Hard pass. I feel like there was something else I was going to tell you. I just don't remember what. I can't help you there. All right. Well. No other updates? Do you do you want to do some time traveling? Yeah, sure. This comes out, what, December? December 17th. Oh, my God. And we've been talking about Halloween and shit. Well, I mean, like <laughs> I, we mentioned at the beginning, guys, the we're ahead. So I don't want to hear any bullshit, Dad. I don't want to hear any bullshit, okay? <laughs> Look, if you don't like it, just skip ahead 15 minutes. Actually, no, stay right here because we're going to start getting in the holly jolly spirit. Okay. (laughs) Wait, I have a cranberry Sprite. See? She's got her holly jolly Sprite. Yes. 
by this time, Amanda, I'm assuming you're um, wondering why you're having a, you had a second child. Sleep deprived. Yeah. Sleep deprived. Mm-hmm. Wondering why you have a second child. Um, probably dealing with Annie being a little bit of a brat. Oh, God. And just really enjoying your life right now. Preparing for Christmas. I will say, I do have most of my Christmas shopping done already. Oh, I do too. And if it's not something I've bought, I know what I want to get. And I'm waiting for it to go on sale on Black Friday. Okay. Well, I just lost. So. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm not that far ahead. Uh, I just... Like the kids, the kids are pretty much done. Um, Now, unfortunately, I still have to get their birthday presents. And they're all in freaking November. So... no idea what i'm gonna do there you're gonna just spend an arm and a leg every november (sighs) yeah you know what you need to just tell lee his birthday is in like may or something my boss asked me she was like do we need to do i need to be prepared for this weekend and i'm like honestly that would be great but i don't think it's gonna happen so sorry right I wonder if I could just hide his birth certificate, though, and tell him he was born, like, the beginning of October. I don't know. I cannot tell you. <sighs> just do a ton of jumping jacks. I don't know. We time traveled backwards again, guys. Sorry. Oh. Um, yeah. We're not doing great at staying in December right now. We're, it's, it's hard. Okay. <laughs> Listen, someone went and got knocked up. And now we have to be ahead so we can have her time off completely off. So <laughs> that wasn't me this time. My bad, guys. <laughs> Look, I was anyway, on the pill, okay? <laughs> did not work. Anyways, let's time travel back to December. So it's, I'm assuming here it's probably snowing. Probably very upset about that. Um, trying to think. We're preparing for holidays that's about it we celebrate great christmas but whatever you guys celebrate happy hanukkah kwanzaa christmas what holiday you celebrate whatever it is we're happy for you we don't care happy december happy holidays it's the holiday season anyways um trying to think what are, I know it's a little before Christmas, but do you have any traditions that you do in your family for like Christmas, Christmas Eve, right around there? I know on Christmas Eve, uh, we open one gift. So I don't know yet if we'll have Jack or not, but if we do, um, him and Annie, whatever kids are in the house, they'll open one gift for Christmas, their choice. And... On Christmas, what I got from my mom is we, I always have the cinnamon rolls that just plain Jane cinnamon rolls. You buy them from Walmart in the little tub, but it's the orange glazed ones. Okay. She used to always make those on Christmas. So we'll be doing that and probably some spiked eggnog. You're hoping for spiked eggnog though. Oh no, I'm having spiked. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You can at that point. Yeah, if I have to save up and freeze, I will save up and freeze. But Mama's getting toasty on Christmas. Okay, okay. 
Um, we do, we have a couple. So granted, our we're busy. We're very opposite. You sound like your Christmas, Christmas Eve's pretty chillax. Mm-hmm. Not in this household. <laughs> so <laughs> Christmas Eve alternates whose family we go to. So last year it was my family. So we went up to my parents' house. Um, I don't remember who drank or if I drank or if Cody drank, but normally someone's drinking. Um, we'll open family presents. So like anything from my parents or for my parents, you know, nephews, all that, they open the aunt uncle gifts. And then, yeah, just a little partay. Um, I know normally my uncle goes up on Christmas Eve as well to my parents' house. And it's just a whole, whole party. Um, when we do Cody's mom's house, it's a little different. They're not quite, Cody's family's not quite as loud as mine. Ah, uh, okay. I get that. See, I have the loud family. James yeah, is pretty I've, laid back. I've got the loud, comparatively, not <laughs> saying my family's, I mean, they're loud. We tend to talk <laughs> over one another. So like m- me and my brother could be sitting right here and my brother could be talking to my dad next to him and my sister across the room. And I'm talking to my sister. He's talking to my dad and it's fine. Yep completely understand so that's family um, yeah that's fine but when we go to cody's mom's house there's also less kids at his mom's house mm-hmm. so that makes a difference but we'll just go hang out normally play games and same thing open gifts to one another um and then we no longer sleep over we used to just spend the night at whoever's house but we got sick of that and then christmas morning depending on whose house we went to so if it was like my mom's we drive down to my grandma's house which we still do anyways um but we'll go down to my grandma's house go visit my grandma aunts uncles all of that um we'll these are the places we hit on christmas so Almost always, my grandma's, Cody's grandma's, Cody's dad's, Cody's mom's. That's rough. Uh-huh. So, and it's rough because my grandma lives an hour to the north of us. Mm-hmm. So, grandma lives an hour to the north. Cody's family all lives about 20, 30 minutes to the south. Wait, south, north. Sorry, I'm backwards on the screen. Mm-hmm. So... Not only do we typically get up, go to my grandma's first thing, that's an hour drive, then we have an hour and a half drive, depending on snow, too, an hour and a half drive to um, Cody's family. So, it's a lot. Uh, Yeah, that, we don't do that. Um, I'm not jealous. And it used to be when we were kids, it used to always be that way, too. We would get up, go to my grandma's, go to my dad's mom's, go to my dad's dad's, go to my great grandma's, and then home. Like, this is a runaround I'm very used to. Yeah, I was going to say, you're very used to the. We may go to my in-laws, which is five-minute drive. Um, We may go to my other in-laws, which is maybe 20, 30-minute drive. Um, but yeah, other than that, we don't really, we don't do the, the runaround thing. Cause I mean, I live eight hours away from my family now, so it's not like we can do both. Right. We typically try to do like Christmas at one and then the next year we'll switch it and we'll do Thanksgiving at one mm-hmm. and vice versa, just back and forth. But, um, yeah, that's not going to happen because when I had Annie and I, 
made that eight hour drive with an eight week old baby that I'm not doing that again. That was stupid. Blame you. That was really dumb. And I don't want to. Oh, I don't so. blame you. <laughs> Sorry, fam. That's not happening. Maybe next year. Yeah. I don't blame you one bit, but I I have all my family in this area and all of Cody's, so we do we do the runaround. I will say we don't have to do that for Thanksgiving though, because Thanksgiving, my parents always do their Thanksgiving the Sunday before. So I just anticipate that. And then I think mm-hmm. I've already talked about it. Thanksgiving is the only holiday Cody and I just stay home on. Not doing a runaround. And I grew yeah. up like my family, this is again something I grew up with. Cody hasn't really fought me on any of this stuff where I'm like, I grew up this way. Let's just do this. So we must (laughs) enjoy it. But um, I grew up where my mom normally did Thanksgiving at home. If people Mm -hmm. came up, people came up, but we didn't go anywhere. So I do that now. And yeah, it works out. But yeah, so that's what I'm anticipating for this year. Uh, This year, it'll be at Cody's mom's house. Probably put the, uh, the all the dogs in their Christmas jammies. Um, and then we'll go to his mother's house and play card. Maybe I can convince them to play golf. But what? Like we, on the Wii? No, like the card game I told oh, you about. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. with you now. Okay. I was like, where the hell are y'all gonna play golf? But I, okay, <laughs> no. I'm back. I'm back. Maybe I can be like, guys, we need to play golf. <laughs> um, I'm sure they would not argue with me, but. Yeah, that'll be the plan for this year. I still don't know what time, granted, our current timeline, it's before Halloween. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure by the time this releases, I'll know what time my grandma's house is. Um, I assume it's probably no later than 11. I don't know that we've ever done later than 11. Mm-hmm. But it could be earlier. Um, so it is I... like a Christmas lunch slash brunch. Mm, okay. <laughs> my grandma on my mom's side love her i do she just does she considers noon dinner time granted her work schedule is very funky so like mm-hmm. i think growing up she was like getting up or at work by 2 a.m so oh. for her that was you know she was busy okay so, yeah, fair very fair so when we say dinner at my grandma's it's normally 11 or 12 and it's mm-hmm. dinner food um if it's earlier she'll do like breakfast food you know and it all depends. One of my aunts has kids that she has to alternate what time she gets them. I don't know if she has to do that anymore. I'm sure she does. I don't think all her kids are 18 yet. Ugh. Yeah. They, there's no way they're all 18. Because my brother... There's 18 years between my brother and her youngest. And my brother is was born in 1990. So he's the same age as you, right? Right. And you're 32? 33. 33. I had to think about it, yeah. Yeah, so that that cousin of mine has a couple more year, years then. But yeah, whatever y'all are I, super busy. <laughs> oh, every year. But I'm looking forward to... Um, Cody and I both had a ton of time off still. And we both took that entire week of Christmas off. So we were able to oh hell yeah, take that entire week off. We can do our own thing, relax a little bit, get some projects done around the house. And it just be me and him for a little bit. Uh, I don't want to talk about household projects for a while. Oh, and the other tradition we have, which 
by this time I'll have them. We have personalized ornaments that we do every year too. Oh, see, that's cute. I like that. We do two every year. One Mm -hmm. for me and Cody and one for the animals. We have to do a third this year since our cat Smokey passed away. So we'll get a memorial ornament for him. Mm -hmm. I like that idea. But yeah, so that's what we do. Now that I'm thinking about it, I really want to do it. Or I really want to look at the ornaments, but gotta wait. All right, we have that idea. We have been talking for like a while. So Oh, we should shut up. Yeah. Well, we should talk about all of our social media. So we've got Instagram, we've got X, formerly Twitter, we've got Facebook, Instagram, Facebook, Helen Hills Podcast. X is Helen Hills Pod. They did cut us off. I'm sorry, not sorry. But those are all up and going. We're posting pictures um, from all of our episodes on those channels. So if you're curious about what we're seeing, what pictures we're referencing, or if you just want to see pictures, because we don't always reference pictures, you can go to any of those three platforms. We also have our email. So if you have ideas or suggestions, my dad just texted me, but you guys can email me, hellonhillspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're Brittany, just continue texting Amanda. Yeah. And then we also have our Discord going, which you can find the link to join Discord on Instagram, Facebook, or X. Our Patreon's up. You can also find the link on all of those. Or if you can't find the links, you can Google Hell on Heels podcast link tree. We should be the first thing that pops up. And that has literally all the links for everything because it's link tree. And then if you guys do enjoy listening to us, be sure to tell your friends to listen as well. That way we continue. We can continue. Oh, Jesus. I can't speak. Are you okay? I'm wishing I were drunk, but that way we can continue to grow um, and do more things for you guys. Um, We do have, with Dreamlight Valley going multiplayer soon, we will have game nights. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, for sure-sies. But are you guys, I might be avoiding the rest of this story a little bit. I clicked on the pictures in the drive, and then I remembered that this is a two-parter. (sighs) <sighs> and you remember to do paranormal, right? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Let's just get this over with. All right. Well, let's just talk. So we've talked about all of the victims. The very first being Linda Sutton. We have a couple unnamed women. We have just a whole list of people. Where we're at right now, though, is we have. Let's just do a little refresher on where we're at. So we've had a bunch of victims who have unfortunately been murdered and uh, mutilated Um, their left breast typically taken off or removed or um, flashed in some way for either breast and these women were definitely tortured Um, not in a great way we do have a couple survivors the one survivor that is able to give a lot of details is beverly washington She was found on a train track, verge of death, was not doing so hot, but her description would actually lead police to um, to find a red van, which one Mr. Edward Spritzer was was driving, and Edward Spritzer didn't match the description, but his boss... Gosh, what's his name? I blinked it out on purpose because I really, really hate him. Getch. I know his name is Getch, but why can't I think of his first Uh, name? It's not Andrew. 
It's in my notes. I swear to God, it's in my notes. But I'm just doing a, a brief for you guys. Um, where is his name? Hold on. Control F. Get. I tried to Robin. look in the drive, but you have them labeled as Jackass 1 and 2. <laughs> Robin Getch is his name. <laughs> um, I maintain Jackass 1 and 2 are accurate. Oh, Thank I'm not you. mad about it. <laughs> um, I'm also pretty sure if you go into episode 112, it's in, I have their last names just listed there. So that's just very brief where we've gotten to at this point. Now, at this point in the story, um, at this point in the story, Spritzer has actually confessed to being part of multiple murders, at least seven. I saved you guys a lot of details in the last episode. I'm going to continue to save some of those details. But Spritzer did not actually, I mean, he did implicate Getch, but then he would retract all of his statements that implicated him and be like, oh, no, 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 he wasn't part of the murders. And it was after he saw him, right? In the Correct. police station? Okay. Correct. So when he visually saw him, he was like, no, no, never mind. So it was very clear that Spritzer was fearful of Getch. And Getch had actually come back on a follow-up interview. They were not able to hold him, but they kept doing some digging for Getch. And they had found some very disturbing things. They've Every time they've dug into Getch, they have found disturbing things. Uh, so they did find that in his younger years, he actually asked the girls he was dating if he could stab pins into their breast while they had sex. No. <clears throat> Awful. Ugh. Actually, you can't do that ever. Nope. No, it's not. Okay. Ugh. Getch's wife would come out and claim that he had once cut her breast during sex against her will. She had never reported it, so... <clears throat> Awful. Ugh. And Getch's neighbors also would claim that they... We're fearful of Getch as well. A lot of them would not even make eye contact with him. So at this point, police, they've questioned Getch twice. They brought in Edward Spritzer. He has <laughs> confessed. And, you know, they're kind of going off of what Spritzer says. Spritzer's identifying a new man, Andrew Cocorales, I believe is how you say his last name. Um, and Getch is, it's seemingly like Getch is going to get off scotch-free at first. But Getch would eventually be identified as the man that attacked Beverly Washington. She was able to identify him from a photograph lineup. So she's like, yes, it was him, no doubt in her mind. Hell yeah, Beverly. So police at least have this to go back and take Getch in. And so now they're just police are trying to tie Getch and Spritzer to the crimes. And something interesting they find in 1981... This is years, not years. This is the year of the first victim, Linda Sutton. And all of this where they're doing the investigation with Beverly Washington is 1982. And so not very, not a long amount of time. Okay. So police, they're doing this digging and they do actually find something really interesting. In 1981, Getch had rented a room in a motel for several months. Like this was not a short-term stay. This was a long-term stay. And there were three other people that rented rooms with him. And they asked that all of their rooms to be adjoining rooms. And the hotel manager remembered them and would tell police, yes, I remember them. They threw loud parties. They kind of acted as if they were in some sort of a cult. And, you know, red flags right there. But police mm -hmm. would track down the three other men. Andrew Cocorales, who was born on July 18th, 1963. He was 19 in, 18, in 1982. 
Thomas Cucurales, he was born July 10th, 1961. He was age 21 in 82. And then you, if you haven't caught on, those two were brothers. And then Edward Spritzer, who they already are like, okay, he's already confessed. He's involved in something. He was born on January 5th, 1961, and he was 21 in 1982. So they found this very interesting. Now, Edward Spritzer had already mentioned Andrew Cucurales because when he retracted everything and was like, oh, no, 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 Robin Getch didn't do any of the murders. That was actually Andrew Cucurales. That was not Getch. That was the other one. So Andrew has been implicated by Edward Spritzer. And so now police are starting to look into these other individuals. And before they do that, they decide, let's bring Robin Getch back in. He's already been identified as Beverly Washington's attacker, so we can arrest him. And they do on November 5th, 1982. On November 7th, 1982, police bring in Andrew Cocorales for questioning. And Andrew also ends up confessing to a total of 18 murders. Uh oh, okay. He was able to give exact details to many different cases, things that like he shouldn't have known. They matched the coroner's report. So he would tell police, like the whole gang would routinely carry knives. If they, you know, didn't have knives, they would use razors, tin can lids, and can openers, and really whatever they could find. And they use these to mutilate these women. That's, I feel like that's worse oh it's so awful and it gets oh worse my god yeah. andrew he introduces some new horrifying details about using a piano wire to actually amputate the women's breasts <gasps> again often the women's breasts were amputated oh. while they were still alive I, okay oh my god andrew would actually confess to being part of lorraine borowski rosebeck rosebeck davis and sandra delaware's murders in the case of Sandra Delaware, he would actually describe them shoving a rock into her mouth to keep her from screaming. He would also confess to them shoving a wine bottle in her vagina, which he remembered caused her to bleed profusely. Oh my god. On November, November 12th, even though Thomas Cocorales hadn't been implicated by either Andrew or Edward, they do bring him in for questioning. Uh, they had already found the connection with the hotel or the motel. And they're like, let's just bring him in. So initially, Thomas, he wasn't so great. He gave some conflicting statements. He failed polygraph tests. And police, they did already have confessions from Edward and Andrew. But they're like, Thomas knows something. And Thomas would confess to being present during three of the murders. And it seems that he gave a very big picture to everyone. Now, keep in mind, most of the reports I had gave credit to Thomas being the one to give them the big picture, but I am sure Edward Spritzer and Andrew Cocorales both gave bits and details of the big picture. Mm -hmm. And so, based off of the reports, a lot of this information came from Thomas. Now, Thomas would tell police that he and the others, they would abduct women and they would take them back to Robin Getch's house. And Getch had in his attic what they called a satanic chapel. Oh. And they would just meet at night there. Um, just a note, he did have a wife, and they did this after his wife went to work. And while his children were sleeping. Oh. Uh-huh. That feels... I, honestly, I don't know why I would expect anything better. Yep, yep. 
Now, in the attic, there was an altar with, like, a red tablecloth. They had candles. They would light those. There were six red and black crosses to just really tie together this ambiance of whatever these freaking horrible people were doing. And so this is what they're calling this satanic chapel in Getch's house. Then he would go on to explain that once they had these women back at Getch's house, they would rape and torture the women that they brought there. Just to note that not all of the victims were brought there. Some of them were, some of them were not. So they would rape and torture these women. He stated they would use knives and ice picks to mutilate their bodies. Oftentimes the men would, quote, have sex with the knife wounds. (gasps) While they're still alive. They would amputate the women's breast with a wire groat. Specifically a wire from a piano. According to Thomas, removing the victim's breast were what they called Robin's Mark. Yeah. Reports stated they did this while the women were still alive. Again, absolutely heinous. And while they did this in a ritual, I mean, it's a ritual to them of removing the women's breasts, Robin Getch would be reciting verses from what they called the Satanic Bible. I do want to call out that Satanism is considered a real religion. However, I don't believe most Satanists actually condone murder. Yeah, I was um, going to say, this is actually, like, pretty sure could not be farther from um, what they say the satanic prince, uh, I, I'm sorry, I can't even word right now. I don't think this could be any farther from what the satanic temple uh, practices. Yeah. So, um, but they did all this with his kids there? Yeah. And my point of bringing up that the Satanism is a real religion is because this quote-unquote satanic Bible, I highly doubt they were reading any text from any form of religion. Yeah. So, I I didn't get clarity. That's pure speculation on my part. I do not know what text they were actually reading. They just called it a satanic Bible. But I feel like we see this a lot, like where you're coming from, like the satanism versus devil worshipping, not Mm -hmm. the same thing. No, not the same thing. So, after the women's breast would be amputated, Robin Getch would then take the amputated breast and masturbate into them. Some sources cited that all the men involved would take turns doing this. Once done, Getch would put the amputated breast into a box. And Thomas Cocorales would claim to have seen at once 15 breasts in the box. So, he's okay. like, there was one time I counted 15. Okay. Okay. I don't... Okay. Guys, this is why we separated this into two parts. I don't... I don't even, I don't even know... I don't, I don't know what to say. How do you find four people that are okay with this? They're not even done there. Four? Oh my god. Okay. I just... When I first found this story or decided to do this, I no knowledge about this next bit of information oh god so this is like three stories in a row for me with cannibalism rice in my defense one of them is suspected cannibalism in a paranormal story so tim mclean black star canyon and now this i'm so sorry guys But Thomas would tell police that they would go on to eat parts of the severed breasts and they treated this as a kind of sacrament or communion 
And Thomas, he would confess again to being present during three of the murders, one of which included the murder of Lorraine Borowski. Lorraine Borowski is the woman that went missing outside of her work. Her boss actually found like her shoes and some some of her personal belongings outside of work. Was she the um oh like a um oh my gosh. She worked at a real estate. Real estate. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't okay. know if she was a real estate agent. I know she worked at a real estate company. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I I do. I remember. Um I don't want to remember any of this. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I haven't read my notes since I typed these up. So I don't blame you. Because I was trying to forget. But hmm. And Lorraine, like I said, she went missing outside of... She was there 8.30 in the morning and had gone to work to open up. People would give her description and police did issue a bolo for her and they just... Never. They never found her. They, oh. did, they did eventually find her her body um i don't remember exactly when i believe it was four months later like i said i'm trying really hard to black all of this out because it was awful to read about but let me double check when she was found yeah so lorraine she she was found five months after her abduction and she was the one found in a cemetery and her family's like she's been moved there they believe they kept her long term so this clearly indicates to literally everyone that robin getch was the ringleader right Uh, however spritz and the cocorales brothers reported that they believe that getch had supernatural powers like they were genuinely afraid of this man and they believe that even if they didn't want to, he was able to make them do his bidding. And they explained this as they believe that Getch would use his powers to basically put them into a trance and get them to do what they wanted. And according to the three co- accomplices, this is how they were convinced to help Getch with these awful crimes. So they're not just weak-minded, disgusting individuals. I mean, they are, but... <sighs> All of the you need ac- to tell yourself, guys, like you still did it. All of the accomplices would fall back on the defense that they were afraid that Getch would kill them if they did not do his bidding. Now, with all of this information, police had some evidence of what happened to all of these women. And Thomas Cucarellas, Andrew Cucarellas, and Edward Spritzer, they did all, all confess. We've gone through their confessions. However, Robin Getch would never confess. At I least think. in murder. So Getch, he had been arrested on November 5th. He maintained his innocence. The issue with him would be that police would find evidence of this altar in his home. And they would reportedly find a rifle that was used to kill the only male victim, Tirado. Rafael Tirado. And some sources claim that they found the trophy box in his home. Now, the sources were never clear if the trophy box where he kept women's ab- amputated breasts were, was full of women's breasts or if it was empty and they just were like, this is the box. Because they were <laughs> eating. I, I can't. I still can't. So they, 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 <clears throat> they cut them off. They masturbated into them and then they ate them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they have evidence. The issue is they have no evidence against Getch to prove he was involved in the murders. 
So I'm going to go through each of the men and what their sentencing or appeals look like. So I'm going to do it by person, not in timeline, completely by like, Getch did this and Spreacher did this. I'm doing it in a timeline by person. Okay. So we're going to start with Robin Getch because this one is probably going to infuriate you the most. Oh, no. At least it's more one of the more aggravating ones. So Getch maintained his innocence and it apparently worked out for him a little bit. Because police were never able to obtain enough physical evidence of his involvement in any of the murders. So he's never tried, charged for any of the murders. Oh. Partly worked because the other three men, they were very fearful of him. And his minions would ultimately confess themselves. But none of them were brave enough to testify against Getch in court to any of these murders. They all recanted ever saying that Getch was involved. And so without a confession or testimonies from these three accomplices, police just didn't have enough to actually charge him with murder. Though for Getch, that did not mean freedom. He was charged with attempted murder, aggravated kidnapping, deviant sexual assaults, rape, and this was in the case of Beverly Washington. Now, initially, his lawyers, they attempt an insanity defense, and it doesn't work because multiple mental health experts find that he is competent for trial. The first trial was a mistrial. I didn't have clear reasoning as to why it was a mistrial or I had conflicting reasoning, but we know the first trial was a mistrial. But they were able to proceed with a second trial that started on September 20th, 1983. The prosecution, they show the MO of the Ripper Creek. They talk about these men kidnap women. They torture women with knives and needles and ice picks. They would then gang rape these women, amputate their breasts for satanic rituals, and brutally murder and mutilate these women. The, prosecu- the prosecution would call female witnesses who were brave enough to face Getch again. These women would testify to Getch inflicting wounds on their breasts, many of them sex workers. And also they would testify to Getch asking them to cut off their nipples for him. Huh. <clears throat> Wait, he asked them to cut off their own nipples. Yeah. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah. And I just want to say, like, these women all took the stand against Get, and none of his lackeys were able to because they were so afraid of him. The wusses. I just think that they're. I think we'll talk. Anyways, they also had. Along with all these women, they had someone a bit surprising who took the stand. And that was actually Robin Getch himself. He took the stand in his own defense. That doesn't feel like a good idea, but I mean, I hope it's not a good idea. Well, look, Robin Getch, he, I think he kind of realizes that he's fucked either way. Mm -hmm. Because instead of denying everything, he would confess to being involved in Beverly Washington's attack. But he maintained and he insisted he never killed anyone. He might have harmed people, but he never killed anyone. Oh, well, that's so much better. So he he insisted, he maintained that he never, never killed anyone. He also claimed that he did not know the other men at the time of most of the murders. <laughs> like, I don't even know these people. And what a it, dick. Ultimately, in 1983, he would be convicted of attempted murder, aggravated kidnapping, deviant sexual assaults, and the rape of Beverly Washington. Thank God. He was sentenced to 120 years in prison. 
Judge Francis J. Mahone would tell him just before sentencing, quote, only a devil would do these things. An animal would not do these things. A monster would. The judge would point out that Getch was lucky he was not on trial for murder. And, I mean, after all, they left Beverly for dead. And he, the judge pointed this out, like, you fully intended to murder this woman. And you guys left her for dead. I'm glad that um, he kind of, I don't, I don't know the word. I'm glad that he kind of ripped him a new one. I mean, he's right. Like, animals don't do these things. Yeah. He's not an animal. He is, he is a vile, vile monster. And let's just say hypothetically, because we all know he's involved, right? Hypothetically, yeah. he didn't <clears throat> kill anyone, right? Hypothetically, yeah, well, that's true, but... Hypothetically, neither did um, Marilyn, nope, uh, Charles Manson. Well, my point being is, even if he didn't, he participated in this brutal, brutal attack on Beverly Washington. Like yeah, that, he still tortured her. Yes, and he left her for dead. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, so a little more background on Getch. He's actually believed to have another very infamous mentor in the Chicago area. Do you have any guesses who his mentor could have been? In Chicago? Uh-huh. Was it Gacy? Oh. Reports, reports speculate that Getch worked for John Wayne Gacy. And John Wayne Gacy reportedly mentioned having an unknown partner. Mm-hmm. A lot of people speculate that it was Getch. So, so I ask again, like, not how do you find four people? How do you find five people uh-huh. that are this? I can't think of a word. Ruthless? Disturbed. Inhuman? Disturbed? Yes. All of the above. Yeah. <sighs> so Getch is serving his life sentence at Danville Correctional Center. He is He has an expected parole date of October 10th, 2042. If Not granted... I know. If granted parole, he would be 88 years old when released from prison. It is speculated he will never be released. Some claim that Robin Getch made Charles Manson look like a Boy Scout. And let's just say for Getch, the apple didn't fall far from the tree. In 1999, Robin Getch's son David would be charged with first-degree murder, and this was for a gang-related killing. He was was initially sentenced to 45 years in prison, a projected parole date of 2044. On May 25th, 2002, he was granted a new trial, and from what I can see, his son is still awaiting a new trial. But I didn't want to go into too many details. I just did want to call that out. Apple did not fall far. So next Ugh. we have Edward Spritzer. Oh my God, there's more. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry. There's four of them. That was only one. So we've Jesus. got three more. Okay. In 1984, Edward Spritzer would plead guilty to murder, specifically in the deaths of Schwimak, uh, Rose Davis, and I could have said her name wrong. We Googled it last time and it's, sorry, brain can only hold so many things. Um, Sandra Davis, Sandra Delaware, and Raphael Tirado. He would also plead guilty to attempted murder, aggravating kidnap, deviant sexual assault, and rape on all of the women um, that I listed previously. He was sentenced to life in prison without parole. This was to avoid the death sentence for him, right? So he accepted the plea deal so that he didn't get the death sentence. The issue for Edward Spritzer was that this was not the full list of victims. In 1986, he would be 
charged and convicted of the murder and aggravated kidnapping of Linda Sutton, the very first victim. Now, he would opt for a bench trial. How this was explained was that his case would be presented in front of a judge and not a jury, and the judge would determine guilt, but the jury would determine the sentencing. This, and that's just the very basic Googling I did. I'm sure my dad will call and be like, this is actually what it is. Sorry, dad, I didn't have time to go through more, okay? I've got shit to do. Now, this time, prosecution, they are seeking the death penalty. During the trial, Edward Spritzer's lawyer would argue that Spritzer was immature, impulsive, and simplistic. He would also claim that he was simply following orders from the leader, Robin Getch. And his lawyer would claim that Spritzer was the type of person to do almost anything to please his friends. Which, I would like to know where the line is drawn for almost anything, because he literally murdered people. Yeah, like, I don't... Where's the almost? Right, that's my question. Where's the almost? So... Spritzer would also admit to the murder. He would detail abducting Linda Sutton as she walked past Wrigley Field. They took her to a wooded field near the motel where they were staying at the time. Linda was handcuffed, raped, had her breast amputated, raped again, then left for dead. Friends that testified on Spritzer's behalf would claim that he was pretty easygoing and he'd actually been a victim of bullies, so he kind of had a harder life. And, you know, they're trying to paint him in this very, very different picture. The prosecution goes nay-nay, and they're like, there is a different light we need to shed here. The prosecution calls him every woman's worst nightmare. They also call the gang as a whole, quote, cowardly weasels who roamed in packs to prey on women. And there's literally no better way to say that. No, they nailed it. No, they, they did, and I couldn't change it. They're perfect. Mm-hmm. And the prosecution also would dig up other friends of Edward Spritzer's that testified against him. And they would claim that Edward Spritzer actually bragged about the act. He, they claimed that Edward Spritzer had laughed about mutilating and killing women. So, different light. And in this trial, prosecution comes out completely victorious. And the jury would sentence him to death. So, he would exhaust all of his appeals. And he sat on death row awaiting for his ex- execution. But damn it, in 2003, Spritzer caught the lucky break he needed. Governor George H. Ryan would commute his sentence and the sentence of 163 other death row inmates to life in prison without parole. So now he is just in prison for life. Uh, Like I said, a very lucky break for Spritzer and 163 other inmates. (sighs) Now, this, I mean, I can't remember. I believe I do go on. I do. Um, I'll talk about why those were commuted and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, but before we do, and we're actually going to talk about it during Andrew Cocorales's, all of his stuff. So that's who we're going on to next is Andrew Cocorales. In 1985, Andrew was convicted of murder, aggravated kidnapping, and the rape in the case of Rose Davis. Prosecution would seek the death penalty. Andrew's attorney would claim that Andrew was a, quote, a follower, not an organizer, not the prime mover. Andrew would also claim that the officers would beat him into confessing, and he claimed that eight different officers or police-related individuals would beat him. The jury ultimately would deliberate for 90 minutes, and they would spare his life, but he would be sentenced to life without parole. Ah, suck it, Andrew. We're not done. Because, again, 
we're not that was one victim he could he admit to being involved in 18 different murders and they only tried him for one so yeah, in, i was gonna ask about that but i mainly said suck it because he was like oh the the cops were mean to me i doubt it because you just you sang like a canary right and eight different officers you're telling me they're eight different officers that beat you into getting this story Doubt it. Yeah. Not saying that there can't be corruption there, and obviously mm-hmm. we hope and pray that there's not, but eight, doubt it. So for Andrew, though, that's just the start for him. Like he's like, okay, it's life in prison. But in 1987, they're like, nay, nay, sir. He is charged for another victim's murder and aggravated kidnapping. This time it was for Lorraine Borowski. He would again maintain he did not kill these women and that his confession was coerced by eight different people. Juries again not buying it. But this time on April 30th, 1987, he is sentenced to death. After sentencing and appeals, he again changes his story. He would claim that he had been suffering from a schizophrenic break. He didn't know what he was doing. He would blame his old old counsel for not representing him well enough, specifically saying that they had done him an injustice by not entering him into a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. But, I mean, story's changing. He Schizophrenic break, he's upset. Old counsel did not have him evaluated for any mental health. He sounds like this is everybody else's fault but his. Mm Mm-hmm. And he would eventually be evaluated by psychiatrists. And this is while he's in prison. Mm -hmm. They would determine that he was, quote unquote, vulnerable to a strong influence. And he did suffer from abnormal behavior. For them, this made him not responsible for his actions. And by them, I mean psychiatrist. But for the court, though, abnormal behavior did not meet the requirements of insanity. Yeah, I was going to say that's. Just because you're easily influenced, uh, no, uh, right. that's not good enough for me. Me yeah. over here, very unimportant. The courts agree because it did not meet the requirements for insanity. And Andrew would be executed by lethal injection on March 17th, 1999. He declined his final meal. His last words were. Quote, to the Borowski family, I am truly sorry for your loss. I mean this sincerely. He then followed up with verses from the Bible and added, quote, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I don't know that he's going to heaven. I think it's a crock of shit, the whole thing. Yeah. I also don't think he was sorry. No. Andrew was the last inmate executed in Illinois. The Cocorales brothers, they were raised Greek Orthodox, and the Orthodox church they were part of would attempt to keep him from being executed. They're like, just keep him in prison forever. Don't execute him. Their attempts would ultimately fail for Andrew. And after that, they started a campaign to end the death penalty in Illinois. And the governor in 2000, I don't even remember what year. I think I typed the date wrong. Um, In 2000-whatever-year, did commute a bunch of sentences, but at that time, the death penalty was still legal. But on March 9th, I believe this is supposed to say 2011, not 2001, because it's 12 years after 99, 
Um, but 12 years later, Governor Pat Quinn would sign legislation to abolish the death penalty in Illinois. So in Illinois, there is no longer a death penalty. And Andrew Cocorales was the final inmate executed in the state. So, and that's that's why Edward Spritzer got his his sentence commuted to life in prison because the governor and they were working with or not working with, they were having the issues with like the Orthodox Church and other people saying that, you know, death penalty, inhumane, so on and so forth. So next we have, so this is the last one, and this is Thomas Cocorales. Thomas would attempt to get his confession thrown out, a motion that he lost. And at the time of his arrest, he had no criminal record. He was also described as having a, quote, borderline range of intellect. His IQ was 75. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of low, right? Yeah. So he is convicted of murder and rape in the case of Lorraine Borowski. Due to his confession, he would be sentenced to life without parole. Thomas Cocorales would appeal the rape conviction, which was reversed, and he was awarded a new trial for the murder conviction. Instead of going through a trial, he would instead plead guilty to Lorraine Borowski's murder on a plea deal. In exchange for his guilty plea, the charges for the murder of Linda Sutton would be dismissed against him. So they're not going to charge him for the murder of Linda Sutton at all. And he would ultimately get a 70-year sentence with the possibility of parole. Initially, he was scheduled to be paroled on September 30th, 2017. He would be denied after he failed to find approved living quarters. For authorities, though, this meant they could hold him for an additional 17 months. He would be released on March 29th, 2019. Prior to his release, he was given mental examinations. They did determine he was not a sexual predator, but he is still on the the sex offenders registry. It was. Last known was that as of June 2019, he was living in Aurora, Illinois. He would proclaim his innocence in an interview. He would state, quote, everybody thinks I'm a monster. I'm not a monster. He would ultimately only serve about half of his sentence behind bars before having been released. Now, Thomas, Thomas Cucarales, he was not nearly as involved as Andrew and Edward Spritzer. So to an extent, I see why his sentence was lesser. However, he gave a lot of details and he did nothing to stop these people. And he still did not testify against Getch. So it feels like Getch was really strategic in who he chose to carry out his crimes with. A lot of sources said he used more simple-minded, quote-unquote simple-minded people that were more easily influenced. So Spritzer and the Cocorales brothers, they ultimately confessed to up to 18 murders. The men do not recall all of the crimes or victims, and many of the victims' remains have never been found. Getch, to this day, maintains his innocence. He claims that DNA evidence will exonerate him. Oh, shut up. I know. Shall we read a quote from his, an interview he's done more recently? If you have to. Yep. Quote, first mistake is considering me a serial killer. I am not considered one. I have never killed or took part in any such acts, nor ever charged in any murders of anyone. I don't only face the injustices, but the nightmares that follows. 
You have no idea the pain and hurt I feel and I face and feel every single day. I sit here and lose hope. I'm not an angel, but I never intentionally hurt anyone unless it was to protect myself or my family. I could never live with killing or knowing I was responsible for taking one's life. End quote. Then die, sir. Oh, he's so full of shit. DNA will exonerate me. Bullshit. Someone get his DNA. Please. And the first mistake is considering me a serial killer. No, you are. You're a serial killer. Just because you're not charged because you had lackeys that took the fall for you. You were going to kill Beverly Washington. Mm -hmm. Anyways. You're a serial killer. You're disgusting and you are inhuman. Yes. Yep. So I do have the pictures. Um, I, the one where it has all four, I believe it's Getch, both of the Cucurales, and then Edward Spreetzer. I do have Andrew Cucurales from before his death sentence, and then Thomas Cucurales as well. There you have it. I forgot to pull in a recent picture of Robin Getch, but I'll do that in a second. I really don't like his eyes, man. Oh, God, I hate him so much. It was so awful. And he looks like such a sad man today. And I'm so glad about it because he sucks. I hope he's freaking miserable every day of his miserable life. I just put a picture of him in. Ew, gross. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely cannot stand him. Especially the, I'm not a serial killer. Shut up. Shut your damn mouth. Shut your big stupid trap. Nobody asked you. Anyways. He just looks like the kind of person that would ask women uncomfortable, like compliment them in uncomfortable ways. He looks like the type of person that would ask a woman to cut their nipple off. Ugh. Ugh. Why don't you cut that stupid mole off your face? Why don't you just... Drop I don't it. know. Hate him. Hate him so, so What is his I'm... hair doing? I don't know, but it's not good, and I love that he's getting a hump back. Yeah. Small justice. Honestly, yeah. I'm glad he has a mole. I'm glad his posture sucks. I'm glad his face is so saggy. Ugh. He is so... I'm glad his hair is running away from him. He looks like a human version of a basset hound. No, don't say that, because I like basset hounds. Yeah, but he's got the droopy skin. Yeah, but basset hounds are cute with their floppy ears. Ugh, I don't like him at all. I don't either. But can we talk about something else? Yeah, I'm waiting for you to start your story. We can move on to oh. a story okay. now because I would like to completely delete that last story out of my brain. Ugh, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I don't have pictures. So even though I already started a paranormal, um, it was another haunting, and you act like I didn't you can wanna... do two in a row. Oh well, I didn't want to, and now I have one almost finished. So mm. I did another one, and I took a page from the Book of Bryce, and I showed James. Oh, what? never mind. Never mind. Oh no, I showed James the drive, and I was like, "Here, pick something," and he was like, "Well, first off, he was like, where the hell did all these come from?" And I'm like. We just add them as we find, because y'all, there's like 600 topics on our drive. When she says uh, we add them, she means I mostly added them. Yeah, you added a butt ton, and I only add them like every now and then. But in my defense, 
Almost all of them are already there. Uh, like, oh, you took it off. Okay. Yeah, so there's 671 of them. Uh, topics, potential topics. No, these are just true crimes right now. Nope, there they are, paranormal. Okay. I was going to say, no, it shouldn't be filtered. Okay, anyway, they just rearranged them. So, I showed him all the paranormals, and he picked one that I love, and I think you're going to love. So I was like, yeah, I can do a new story. Uh, and this is how we came upon the story of doppelgangers. I love doppelgangers. I, I love them. them. I love them so much. Except for the fact that I had dips on them. What? I'm just, I'm teasing. I was about to say, no, there was no dibs on there. <laughs> totally teasing. Because I very specifically told him if it said Bryce's name, just keep going. <laughs> I'm totally just teasing. I wanted to mess with you. Fuck you. Okay, so <laughs> doppelganger comes from the German word. Are you ready? Doppelganger. And it literally means double walker or double goer. And so apparently there are two different beliefs. When it comes to doppelgangers, what do you think a doppelganger is? Like an evil version of yourself. You run when you see that shit. Yeah, see, and that's what I thought. But apparently nowadays, people seek out their doppelgangers. Gen Z needs to stop. No. Stop it, guys. This is not, you don't want this, okay? Jesus Christ. Yes. Uh, so most people refer to it as your lookalike, your unrelated twin is what they call it. Uh, some sources state that everybody or each individual person has six or seven doppelgangers. Yes. And it's because basically there's only so many ways genetically that you can build a face. That's what science is like. Okay, if you have brown hair and brown eyes, like you can only do this so many different ways. And they even went on to say that if you do find a doppelganger and it's like dead on, like you could be legit twins, you probably share some genes somewhere down the line. Which like, okay, scientifically fair, that's that doesn't seem eh, I, too much of a stretch. I've heard that. However, I feel like that's still different than a doppelganger. I agree with you. I'm the same way. I wanted to cover both. Um, just in case, but I'm on the same page that you are. Doppelganger, I'm not going to be actively finding one. I can tell you that for free. Oh, hell no. Uh, they also went on to say that the likelihood of you finding somebody who looks like you is pretty good considering, you know, there's what, 8 billion people in the world? Like, someone could probably pass as you. There are countless websites that allow you to upload your photo and they use AI software to match you with other people that have uploaded their photos that look like you. I did a few while researching this story and did not really find anybody that me or James would call my doppelganger. Not upset about that. I'm going to be honest. I don't even want to do it because I don't, I don't want any part in this. Yeah. I. I did it for the sake of research, but I don't look. I'll I'll get to what I believe doppelgangers are. Okay. Uh, when people find their doppelgangers nowadays, they find them just going about life. Sometimes people say they can be mischievous, but especially with the uptick of social media in the past few years, 
it's definitely more common to find your twin. Um, however, from what I have found, this isn't the true meaning of the word. It's not go on Facebook or go on looklikeme.com. I made that up. I don't know if that's right. And find someone that looks like you. A doppelganger is an exact double, traditionally. They walk like you. They talk like you. Their voice sounds like your voice. They're they evil. act like you. They dress like you. They are so similar that even your close friends and family can't tell that it's not you. Even if you can prove that you were in a completely different place when they saw you. And as Bryce said, uh, they are considered bad omens. They are sinister. They're, they've been around for centuries. And they're traditionally not something that you would seek out in your spare time. Or ever. They're evil. They bring bad luck. They're harbinger, harbingers of misfortune. And a lot of people believe that if you come across your doppelganger, you're going to die. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In German folklore, doppelgangers are a wraith or an apparition of a living, living person. And it's thought to be an exact spirit double of a person, but usually it is invisible. So in Basically, in theory, there is a good and bad version of you. And whichever one you are, the doppelganger is the opposite. So if you're kind, your doppelganger is going to be evil. If you're poverty-stricken, your doppelganger is going to be successful. Most often, your doppelganger is seen by someone else, and they think it's you. But something just seems off about the interaction. Because everything's off about the fucking interaction. <laughs> it's like they're you, but they're not. They, like, want to be you, but they're not, like, you. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> uh, there are two ways to tell if you're talking to a person's original or their double. Uh, doppelgangers have no shadow and no reflection in a mirror like uh, I just that I, makes it so much more uncomfortable I hate that so what is the most famous doppelganger that you know of oh I don't know off the top of my head I can't think I don't know I got one for you okay Abraham Lincoln oh I forgot about this one yes. I don't remember all the details okay I'm ready so, if y'all don't know, Abraham Lincoln and Mary Todd Lincoln, they were both a little spooky. Like, they they were into some shit, okay? Uh, famously, Abraham Lincoln was said to have seen his doppelganger the night that he found out he was elected president. And he said that, like, he had a great time, you know, they were partying, he went home. I don't know what kind of partying you did back then. I imagine horses and whiskey. I don't know. But they were happy. They were partying. He went back home. He was kind of tired. So he just laid out on a sofa. <clears throat> and he happened to notice his reflection in a mirror. But in the reflection, he had two faces. No. And he said he got up to take a closer look. But when he did, the other face just disappeared. 
So he kind of shrugged it off. He was like, all right, that was weird. But he laid back down on the couch. And sure enough, when he laid back down, he saw the two faces again. And this time, he said one of them was paler than the other. And in Lincoln's words, he said it was about five shades paler. No. Yeah, that's like, that's real pale. Like, go to the foundation section, put your finger on one, and then go five five shades more pale than that one. You and know, five Lincoln, shades. I don't believe he was super dark in general. I don't, I'm pretty sure he was pretty pale to start with. He had to be because that hat, right? Like, it had a brim on that thing. I, I mean, I don't know if it was because of the hat. I think maybe genetically, he was just oh. a pale man. No, I figured because he just had that top hat with that wide brim. It could be both. He told his wife, and she was just unnerved about this whole thing as he was. But in the excitement of the night, um, he kind of pushed it to the back of his head. And he did later say that he would remember it. And it would kind of nag at him from time to time. So he tried it again a few days later. I guess he was at home. Uh, He laid down on the couch. He looked in the mirror. And sure enough, he saw the two faces again. But after this night, he could never get it to happen again. He tried to recreate it and he never saw it again. So he told his wife and Mary Todd allegedly told him that it meant that he was going to be elected again. That's why he, he was seeing two faces. He was going to serve two terms as president. But the second face is so much more pale because he wouldn't live through the second term. And Mary Todd knew some shit because, spoiler alert, that's exactly what happened. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated 42 days into his second term as president. You know what? This sounds like some witch bullshit that I'm not on board with. (laughs) Did you not sign up for this? No, I'm sorry. I didn't sign up for um, for witches tonight. Uh huh. Um. Also, I'm still terrified of witch trials. Witch trials are wild. And me like, and you are going to be the first ones on trial. Yeah. Anyway, honestly, I might just kill myself because <laughs> that. What? What else? What other choice do you have with witches? Like neither. I, I don't know. That should actually happen. That's just wild to me. I know. Maybe we'll cover that story. Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> oh, we have to eventually. Neither of us have claimed it. I'm pretty sure it's on our drive, too. I think it is. I'll find it. If it's not, I don't know how. Oh, it's not. What? I'm adding it right now. Is that considered true crime or paranormal? Uh, both. Technically, be... it could be both. Okay, we'll just put to be determined. Yeah. Oops. <clears throat> okay, so now I've got I got a couple of Reddit stories for you because I mean Reddit, you can find some good stories on there. Okay, so this from redditor. I meant to decipher this earlier. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, redditor G4YF13R1. Yeah. And it sounds yeah. like they just hit the keyboard and were like, sure. Yeah, like they sneezed with their hands on the keyboard and then just went with it. Yeah. Either that or it's like where the 
the four is an A and the three is a B. Either way, I just you know it's, what? No, we're gonna yeah. move on there, sir. Yeah, there's the there's the whatever. So they said when I was nine, I stayed home, quote unquote, sick from school. I distinctly remember remember that I wasn't actually sick, simply playing hooky to avoid bullying. Kids are cruel. Fair, they are. As I did that a lot around that age, I woke from a nap, turned on the TV in our living room, and scrolled through some channels when my mother suddenly leaned over the bar and stared at me without saying anything. I had been awake for a few minutes at this point, so I can't rightly blame sleep paralysis for all of this. Now, whatever this thing was, it was entirely identical to my actual mother. It sounds weird to describe, but it's as if the only difference was that this thing pretending to be my mom had never felt a single emotion in its life. It was unsettling. Yeah, that, like, ugh. That's the second time today that I've read that, and it gave me just, like, back shivers both times. I absolutely hate that. That is awful. It beckoned me, and I attempted to talk to her as I would my mother. She kept beckoning, refused to answer, and that's when I sensed something horribly wrong. Naturally, that when? Yeah, oh, that's Oh, hell when. no. That, <laughs> it's beckoning you. If something is beckoning me, oh, hell no. If my mother is beckoning me, and well, well, we got bigger problems. But <laughs> I was going to say, if, if your mother is beckoning <laughs> you, we've got some pretty big problems here. If my father is beckoning me <laughs> and refusing to speak, that's immediately, I'm like, no, no, I'm out. Didn't sign up for this hard no. pass. Naturally, I started screaming at this thing to answer me. It just kept beckoning. I bolted, running out of the room and into the yard, yelling for help. My mother, the real one, had been working in the yard and came rushing over. I told her what I'd just seen, and she soothed me with easy explanations that it must have been a fever dream, but thankfully stayed by my side the rest of the afternoon as I was a nervous wreck. Thank you, mother. I would have been like, oh, mom, that was not a fever dream. You no. are insane. <clears throat> the beckoning is just like, what do you what do you want? What do you want? Use your words. You sound like me talking to Annie. <laughs> <laughs> For the love of God, use your words. Okay, if I saw a doppelganger of Cody and it's just beckoning me, I can guarantee I'm gonna be sitting there going, use your damn words. Oh, I can guarantee you, like. If he's if James is just beckoning and not talking, I'm leaving. I'm going to bed. You figure out whatever it is you want. I I'm gonna would... get pissed. Well, that's my point. Is I'd be like, use your words. <laughs> like freaking, you have vocal cords. I can't get you to shut up any other time. I say that really loud, and he's in the other room, so I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he heard that. He'll <laughs> figure it out. That's Sorry, right. I just felt like a oh. I was like, I just felt like hot air, and it's this damn dog next to me. Oh, them on me. Say it's, it's the buck. Is <laughs> he glued to your side now? When you're yeah, home? yeah. Can you tell? Uh huh. And his now, bed is like right here, so it's not. Yeah, I think he knows. I think he knows. Time is limited. Um. Okay. 
So the next one is from Reddit user Celestial E Spirit. See, that's a nice name. Easy to say, easy to read. Thank no, you. No, you don't have to decipher anything. When I was about 16 or 17, I was really heavy into doing the Ouija board. No, the thank Ouija you. board. I was no, really heavy you. into doing the Ouija board. Yeah, I do like the way that they put that, the Ouija board. Like, ma'am, you mean you were messing around with demons? Just say it. Just say it. You were flirting with the devil. You were tiptoeing with the devil. <laughs> oh, did he come to see why he was in trouble? No, I texted him earlier and said, <laughs> if you happen to get up, come grab this bowl, please. I was really heavy into doing the Ouija board. <laughs> the Ouija board. I, that's how I'm going to say it from now on. <laughs> Have you ever done the Ouija board? Have you ever done the Ouija? It sounds like a dance. It sounds like a drug. Take your planchette and you just you just groove <laughs> with it. We're going to do the new planchette groove? Yeah. Actually, I don't think you're supposed to look through the planchette. So maybe just down here and not in front of the face. Okay, well, the planchette groove. <laughs> Are you Googling that? No, I was putting oh. that for a name idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> Other stuff happened, but the doppelgangers were definitely the worst. The first one was my mom. I heard her come in, and my best friend was with me. My friend and I walked down to greet her. She looked like a younger version of my mom and was carrying groceries. So I tried calling out to her, but she didn't respond and walked into my brother's room. Then I got a sick feeling. I called out to her, but she still didn't respond. So I followed her up. She was not there. When I walked back down, my real mom had come in and didn't know what was going on. She was also wearing a different outfit. Nope. Hard pass. Yep. Solid, <laughs> solid pass. Nope. Y'all gotta move. And stop with the damn Ouija board. We want to do the planchette groove, but those don't involve Ouija yeah, boards. Exactly. Ugh. The next one was my brother. My mom was talking to him oh, on the phone. Multiple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My mom was talking to him on the phone, and he said he was on his way home. As soon as he hung up, my brother walked in the door. He talked to us for a little. My mom wanted him to take out the garbage or something, and then walked to the bathroom. He had been in the bathroom for like 15 minutes, and then I got the sick feeling again. I asked if he had fallen in or something. Then my real brother walked in and was freaked out. My mom checked on him all night to make sure he was okay. Both times, they had darker eyes, and it felt sort of like a dream, but I was definitely awake, and other people witnessed it. Burn the house. Burn they the know whole where house. you are. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You can't just... It's that your makes... doppelganger. Like, where are you going to go? That makes me question how many times they've seen the posters doppelganger, and they just don't realize it. Or how like many times... the family time... hasn't? Yeah. Yeah. Or the poster has seen more the doppelgangers more than they know because maybe it was at a distance or something stupid like that. Mm -hmm. Oh, I hate that. I mm -hmm. hate that. Ugh. And then I have one more from a Reddit user BabyKitten28. Easy to read. I like it. I love it. This is just a little story that's probably not worth telling. But a couple of friends got a, got a kick out of it. I let my dog out at midnight one night, left the door ajar for him to come back in. First of all, not safe, baby kitten 28. Oh, not safe. 
left the door ajar for him to come back in, then went about making some soup and something to drink. After a couple minutes, I hear his distinctive long... T- no. I hear his distinctive two long toenails trotting back in on the wood flooring. I lock up the door and return to my meal. I then hear my dog barking from outside. Any dog owner knows that there's no mistaking those toenails. So I was a little shocked that he was somehow back outside. What had come in? Sir. Yeah. I'm not sure if that was a doppelganger or a demon. Yeah, that's it could be a hellhound. Could be anything. But I yeah, I specifically left that one because I know both of us have dogs. You know that sound. The clicking and the clacking, mm-hmm. and you're like, I swear to God, I need to trim your toenails yes. before I lose my mind. Yeah. And even like people with multiple dogs, you also know your dogs have different click clacks. What gates? They have click different clacks. click clacks. I like that better. Yes. <laughs> they have different clickety clacks on the the floor. So it's oh. yeah, I hated that one. Oh, I absolutely hate that one. That's Ooh. This is why, like when I let the dogs out in the middle of the night, I stand at the door with lights on and I'm mm-hmm. like, where are these assholes? I don't even go outside. I stand at the door and I wait and I yes. freeze. It doesn't matter. I will wait. Nothing is allowed to pass that threat. Like, yes, in the middle of the day, I might leave the door open for the dogs. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's daytime. That's fine. No big deal. Because at least I can see what has entered my house later on. Right. Right. Middle of the night feels like demon's hour. Not letting them in. There can be absolutely nothing outside. And I feel like I'm being watched. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I hate it. Oh, I hate. And if I have to go out to my car in the middle of the night. Oh, forget it. I hate it. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I'm going to be there's going to be a demon here. I can't better take some sage with me. That reminds me, I went out to my car today to get my rain jacket because it was raining. Um, And it looked like a toddler exploded in my vaccine. Because she did. I mean, she didn't, but all of her shit did. (laughs) Yes. There were so many toys, books, clothes, crumbs. I was like, I should clean this out. And then I just shut the door and locked it and walked away. I mean. It's fine. I'm not judging you for that. I feel like we could definitely do another part on doppelgangers with more Reddit stories. I See, I wanted to add more, but... I didn't want to go, you know how you just keep adding and adding and adding and adding and adding. I was really trying not to do that, but there are so many stories. Oh, I'm so, I feel like we could definitely do. Oh, um, we could definitely do more. Hey, I'm down to come back to it. Stories like uh, doppelgangers and stuff like that, where we can just throw in some some stories taken off the the interwebs or oh, taken from the Ouija board. As we did the Ouija board. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with how that's worded. I love it, but I hate it at the same time. Oh, I just straight love it. So, oh, that I was so I'm so I love I love the concept of doppelgangers mm-hmm. in the sense that they're just so interesting. 
Oh, it gives me the GBGBs. Doppelgangers and Black Eyed Kids. They both give me just. We've had quite a few that are like that, though. I'm trying to think. Oh. And then eventually I'll do the Mandala effect. Love the Mandala effect. So, all right. Well, thank you all for listening to Helen Hills Podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram, Helen Hills Podcast, X Helen Hills Pod, or Facebook by searching Hills Podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Helen Hills Podcast. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for, content for you, we, you can donate through Patreon. We're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal story suggestions or just words of encouragement, please email us at helenhillspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye!